Welcome back, NEC Hoops fans, for another edition of NEC on the Run. I'm Ron Radner, and I am joined by Pioneer Pride himself, Ryan Peters. Ryan, a lot to get through, a lot we have to parse from this past weekend, only three weeks left to play. Where do we stand right now in your eyes? I mean, Wagner and Brian are undisputably the top two teams in the league right now. Wagner, you know, another two-win week. It was a tale of two games for them. They kind of had to grind out a, a tough win against a really game Blue Devils opponent. They were up by 23 in that game, but then Blue Devils got it down to one possession late. Morales with a great defensive play at the end. We'll talk about that later. And then, you know, in that game against LIU on Saturday, they just did a great job of uh, winning the transition game, winning the, the game on the glass, and, uh, you know, they were able to upend the Sharks. So just a great week overall. Once again for Wagner, now at 12-0. and as Wagner keeps winning, winning streak now at 13 games, they're still only one game ahead in the standings because we have a red-hot Bryant team right on their heels. Red-hot indeed. You know, they, the, the very difficult Loretto-Emmitsburg road trip, they end up going 2-0, minus two starters because Charles Pride just went off, 76 points, 22 rebounds, shot 26 of 43 from inside the arc. And, you know, they've had a short rotation these last few games, but Jared Grasso has really leaned on his starting five. Uh, led by the aforementioned Pride, but, you know, Alita, Hurtado, Calix, Erickson, they've all played really well, and they've scored 95% of Bryant's points in these last two games, grabbed, grabbed 93% of their rebounds. So they really kind of, those that front five, they played a lot of minutes. They're all tired on the bus ride back to Smithfield, I'm sure. But <laughs> well-deserved. They're now at 11-1 and one and only one game back of Wagner, still in the hunt for that one seed. That was a really, really great game. The Bryant Mount game the other day, great crowd at Mount St. Mary's and a tough place to play. And the performance by Charles Pride is you're not going to see better. I've been around the block a few times here and for a guy to do something that he's never usually asked to do, which was score points and droves. He was incredible. And um, to go and get, grab those two wins on the, you know, on that Western swing, it's not easy. And they keep the pressure on Wagner at this point. Right. And that's that's what they need to do. A hundred percent. We have the Thursday matchup coming up, you know, Mount at Wagner for a TV game. So Wagner's going to have their hands hands full. So, you know, always putting the pressure on the team ahead of you. That's what Brian's done. We'll get to the Mount Wagner game later. It's a really good one. But let's talk about this past Saturday. What a day. Three overtime games. Three. And then we had the Bryant Mount game, which was a one point game. Incredible. Let's go through some of these OT games. Yeah. You know, Central Connecticut, you know, they had a really uh, good, I, I guess I, I could say a good loss against Wagner on Thursday. The fact that they almost beat the, you know, defending regular season champions, they lost by two, but then Saturday they outlast Fairleigh Dickinson, uh, you know, Andre Snotty, now a five-time rookie of the week had the tip in to send it into regulation. And then Nigel Scantleberry and, uh, you know, Ian Krishnan just took over in that overtime frame and they get the big win. Pat Sellers gets revenge on his good buddy, Greg Renda. And then Sacred Heart, you know, they went, it looked like they were dead in the water in Brooklyn, but they went on a timely 13-0 run to send that game into overtime before sealing it. They had 18 offensive rebounds and 21 second-half chance points, a much-needed victory for Anthony Latina's group. And then finally, Merrimack, they get off, you know, they get back into the win column with a couple of clutch plays late. First, Mikey Watkins hits a long three in regulation against yep. St. Francis PA to tie it. And then the go-ahead drive and, and contested finish by Malik Edmead in overtime secures the win for the Warriors and gets them back in the hunt in the middle of the pack of the league. 
Yeah, that was a fantastic game also. I love that SFU Merrimack game. Uh, another really good atmosphere. And uh, that could have gone either way, as all these games could. What goes on, by the way, at Central Connecticut at halftime of these games? What are we What are we feeding the kids? What is Pat Sellers doing adjustment-wise at halftime? Because the first half and the second half are completely, uh, they don't look like each other. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Pat Sellers mm-hmm. is fine with the adjustments and what they're doing, but I'm sure he's trying to figure out why they get off to such slow starts too. <laughs> it's been uh, the central team is a fun team to watch. You know, they're going to be good for, you know, in the coming years, great Saturday of hoops. We have three weeks to go 12 in six remaining seven for a couple of teams. And I uh, can't wait to see how it all shakes out next week. And those were our weekend takeaways after his monumental week. We are bringing Charles pride in for our Twitter timeout. We are now joined by Charles Pride, Bryant, junior guard, coming off one of the great weeks in NEC Hoops history, 38 points a game, 11 rebounds, named the NEC Player of the Week and the Lou Henson National Mid-Major Player of the Week as well. Uh, Charles, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's get started about your 2-0 week on the road. You play these two games, you put up these incredible numbers, you take uh, 56 shots in the two games, back-to-back double-doubles, you play all but two minutes. How tired were you at the end of these two games? And was this the most, going back to your high school and, you know, travel ball days that you've ever shot the ball? Um, Yes, for sure. And I was really tired. But we have a good training staff over here, so... um... Like I got with them in between the games and stuff, got some cool workouts in and they did a good job of having me ready for that amount game. That's great. I'm going to turn it over to Ryan in a second. I saw you two had a playful exchange on Twitter the other day, which was great. Ryan, I'm just going to step out of the way and hand the reins to you now. Listen, it's all, it's all in good fun, Charles. You know, I've, I've always admired your kind of do-it-all selflessness approach on the court. And, you know, in the recent days, you've I, I think you've shown great humility in the, the post-game interviews that you had after Mount St. Mary's. Um, but obviously, to be a star in this league, and you, in your tweet, you know, alluded to the fact that you're a top-five NEC player, you have to have that inner confidence, right, that confidence to succeed. So push aside the humility, humility for a second and give me a glimpse of the inner, inner confidence that you possess and tell us why you're a top five player in the Northeast Conference. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I can – I just help my team to win games, meaning anything. Like, I'll do anything it takes to win. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I, I just know that I put a lot of work in. I'm not sure a lot of people – put in as much work as I put in, but um, I don't know. Just I've played against everyone in the league a bunch of times, and I feel like I bring a lot to the table for my team and help my team win games. Yeah, I feel like your versatility, Charles, is your biggest strength, right, because you could do a number of things really well. You know, analytically looking at your numbers, you know, just 12% of your shots are considered kind of mid-range two, so you're obviously more of a three and a near-the-rim type of guy. I know Coach Grosso is heavy on analytics um, and your, your shot selection, quite frankly, is kind of an analytics dream. Have you always been like that in your offensive approach, even going back to high school, or is this something that Coach Grosso and his staff have kind of taught you along the way at Bryant? Well, I've, I've been like that pretty much my whole entire life, but uh, being with the staff up here, uh, it's definitely helped me a lot. Like I've improved my game and 
as far as the numbers, as far as making more shots and getting better and uh, the technique as far as things. In this past summer, I was working on a lot of like the mid-range, like the floaters and uh, using the backboard, like a little bit off the block and stuff like that. Charles, what do you like the most about this Bryant team at this point in the season? Um, I like the way we are as a team, as a unit. Uh, I feel like we have a group that never gives up. Um, like against Mount, we were down uh, two starters. You know, no one got down on each other. Everyone fought. We all had each other's back. There was no point in the game that we thought we were going to lose. We have a whole bunch of fighters on the team and a whole bunch of people that work hard. And I love going to war with them. All right, Charles, thanks so much for joining us on NEC on the run. We, uh, we were all in awe of what you accomplished last week. We know there's more to come and we look forward to watching Bryant the rest of the season. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now it's our under the radar segment and for Bryant, Paul Elijah's out. No problem, right? Greg Collects has been fantastic over these last three games for Jared Grasso. I mean, he's been, he's been their main five, man. He's averaging nine points, eight rebounds, and he's made 11 of 19 shots. His offensive rating is at a career high. So Bryant is really using him in an efficient way. About 92% of his shots are near the rim. So he's, you know, and that's a reason why he's shooting such a high two point field goal percentage uh, this season. And also, too, defensively, he brings a lot of value as well. He's rejected more than 7% of the opponent's shot attempts when he's on the floor. So Greg Kalix, in the absence of uh, starters, providing great minutes on both ends of the floor for Bryant. It's star watch time. We're going back to Brooklyn Heights. A couple of weeks ago, we had Patrick Emelian. Now it's Michael Cubbage. Yeah, he's turning into an all-conference player right in front of our eyes, Ron. Over the past two weeks, to do everything, guard is averaging 19.7 rebounds, three assists, and shooting 54% from the field. And, you know, he had a big bucket in that Sacred Heart game. I know they lost it, but a sweet fadeaway at the foul line in the final Amazing. second. Uh, to extend that game into overtime. And, uh, you know, Cubbage is unafraid of the big moment. I think that's obvious. But And his play of late is a big reason why. I'm still bullish on the Terriers. I know they're 4-8, and eight, but... I really like them. You know, the, the Emilian Cubbage duo with what Higgins has been there before and Wilcox can make threes and, you know, Hemphill, you know, can stretch the defense out a little bit. They're going to be a dangerous opponent. I think in the NEC tournament quarterfinals, I don't think anyone wants to host them come March. hundred percent agree with that. Cubbage is, he, he's a really good player, both ends of the court too. And that shot he hit to send it to overtime. That's a professional shot right there that is an nba shot so good for him michael Cubbage. he's our star watch performer of the week we've had lots of dunks for our play of the week segment we're going on the other end this time it's a two-pack of defensive gems we're starting it in new britain yeah alex morales we alluded to it earlier in the broadcast uh, alex morales getting the game-saving block on ian krishnan you know it, it was actually an astute play by krishnan because you know Three seconds into the inbounds pass, he has the wherewithal to make the cut, get open for a split second. But then Morales, you know, just a, he's an all-conference player, obviously, a player of the year guy. Great recovery. I mean, when you watch that play in real time, Ron, people may have thought that was a foul. But then that photograph by Wagner from Matt Kipp, he, I mean, you know, you could tell right there, that was all ball from Morales. You know, just a great recovery. He did not hit Christian in with the body when he was making that block attempt. And, you know, just... 
just a credit to Morales. You know, Christian made a great cut and he got open for a split second, but then Morales with the great recovery, just an all around great play in a clutch moment. Can we talk about how gorgeous that photo was as a photographer myself, oh, or at least I like to think I am. That's an amazing, that's an amazing photo from the other end of the court. Great play by Alex Morales that potentially saved the game for Wagner. Meanwhile, two days later, we go to Emmitsburg, same situation, a three going up in the final seconds. And who of all people, Joe Moon in for defensive purposes for Bryant gets it done. Yeah, only playing his fourth game of the year due to injury earlier in the year. But, you know, terrific closeout at the end here by Joe Moon in the closing seconds. He blocks Jalen Benjamin's shot. You know, it doesn't give the Mount fans a chance to wonder if it's in the air. Will it go in? Will this be, you know, a great win? He closes it out, um, blocks a shot, and Bryant victorious in Emmitsburg. Just a huge win on a great defensive play. Two great defensive plays. I'm sure we might be seeing those in our NEC 9 this week as well. We also have a double dose of milestones this week. Two players joining the NEC 1000 Point Club. First, Central's Ian Krishnan. Yeah, congratulations to the four-year senior. He's had a nice bounce-back season under Pat Sellers, now shooting around 40% from deep, and he's really embraced a, a leadership role in an otherwise young team. And then Alex Morales getting his 1,000 point in a Wagner uniform against LIU. Hits that corner three off the Will Martinez feed. You know, what can we say about Morales? He does it all that time it was kind of uh i don't know i guess ironic he made it off a three given that he was doing so much damage around the rim in that game um, but he was wide open he hits the shot and uh just another milestone for a terrific career at wagner ian christian alex morales hitting a thousand probably be a few more in the next couple of weeks as well games to watch this week we have a major double header on thursday we start at the non-traditional 5 p.m start on espnu this is a big one Mount St. Mary's visiting Wagner. What do you see from this game, Ryan? Well, a rematch of the NEC tournament semifinals last March where the Mount kind of used their size, physicality, and defensive tenacity to grind out a victory. And uh, this time around, I think it's the same thing. Although Wagner, their super seniors are a little bit more experienced and look for them to get out in transition, try to attempt to speed the game up off of live ball turnovers. Mount's got to protect the basketball. Um, that's one thing that I would really want to watch. And it's, it's a lot of star power here, right? You know, Nana Poku against Raekwon Rogers, um, Alex Morales against Mezzi Offram, who's a defensive seven. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. I think Mount really matches up well with Wagner. I think this game has go into the buzzer potential, which is what we like on our TV games. But when this one is over, you switch it over to ESPN three and we have the battle of Brooklyn. Always, always a marquee game on our TV calendar every season. Yeah, this is a big one, too, because, you know, St. Francis, they want to kind of have a chance to get into the upper half of the NEC. They need a win against LIU. And, you know, LIU, they're in the driver's seat for that fourth, fourth position, that coveted position where you could get a home game in the first round of the NEC tournament. Uh, last time, LIU dominated the paint against the Terriers, 38 to 20. And they really got out in transition, scoring 39 points in the fast break. So I'm sure Glenn Brake is going to try to combat that. And, uh, you know, they have to eliminate the live ball turnovers and kind of prevent the athletic sharks from making plays in the open floor. Ryan, I know you like to think you're the only one that does writing, but if you check out this week's official NEC release, you'll see a history of the Battle of Brooklyn. Some great games. I've been at so many of these. Just a tremendous rivalry. Looking forward to it. And as you said, Ryan, this game has seating and standings implications. So we'll see you there. Five o'clock, Mount Wagner on ESPNU. 7 o'clock, St. Francis, Brooklyn, LIU on ESPN3.
And as always, check out the rest of the NEC Hoop Slate this week on NEC Front Row and on the NEC On The Run series of apps. As always, one click and for free. That's a wrap, Ryan. Another fun show. Always enjoy our weekly get-together. And thanks to Charles Pride for joining us as our special guest this week. And we will see you next week on NEC On The Run.